You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Robert Vore, and I'm one of your hosts, and I am joined as always, although I guess not last week, So, but I'm joined as almost <laughs> always uh, by mm-hmm. my wonderful co-host, Dr. Holly Oxhandler. Hey, Holly. Hey, Robert. On today's episode, we talk with Morgan Harper Nichols about her recent autism diagnosis, why practicing peace is important, and some practical ways to do that. But first, Holly, how are you this week? I am here, and I am happy to be with you. And I know we were just talking, just before hitting record, just talking about just lots of like, like we're recording this right in between two very mm-hmm. big and different trips that I am in the midst of for work. But yeah, I am so it's just so good to be here with you. And I'm glad that we're getting ready to launch this episode out. Yeah, so, for our yeah. last interview of season six. Uh, so I this is our know. last intro. So uh, that's yeah. exciting mm-hmm. in the best possible ways just to to have some time away and all that. But also, uh, you know, just this season has been full of pretty great conversations, pretty awesome ones that were helpful and fun. And, you know, hopefully people are learning from those. And uh, this yeah. one is no exception. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I I know next week we'll kind of debrief on the season and talk about the summer. But um, I am really, really excited for our guests to get to hear this one today. So what about you? How are you doing? I'm good. Definitely looking forward to the summer as well in terms of uh, stepping away from the show and things like that and just lots of summer kind of activities, right? Spending more time outside, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but good. Definitely there's been lots to uh, celebrate since the last intro. I know we were we were chatting about some of that, things like Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to you. Mm, thank you. And, uh, you know, just lots lots of things happening, I guess. So not I'm not doing all the traveling quite that you are, but fun to hear about all your trips and all of that. And yeah, it sounds like you could learn uh, or you could use maybe as you're winding down here some uh, some ways to practice some peace throughout the, oh the my chaos. Gosh. I love that. Look at that segue there, my friend. That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> some foreshadowing. No. You know, I I used to travel a whole bunch for work uh, for different conferences and things like that um, before COVID. And this was this trip that I just got back from was the first time I had been on a plane since January of 2020. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just being um, mindful of the ways in which my nervous system was like, what is happening? There are all Mm -hmm. these people and, you know, all the things just trying to be gentle with myself through that. And I'm sure I will feel that when I get on a plane tomorrow, uh, which will be last week by the time this episode comes out. But anyways, but you're right. Like, I think there are lots of invitations to practice peace in this season right now. So yeah. 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 And I obviously I wasn't indicating that you don't know how or anything, just you know. Oh, I know that. A hot tip yeah. to the yeah, to the content of yeah. the, the interview. Yeah, no, I know. And but I know though too that like we all need those reminders every so often on me like, oh yeah, that's right. This is important. And yeah, and you know, nodding to the episode, I do think that Morgan does an amazing job of kind of walking us through that and talking through that. So Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. 
Well, we as we as we mentioned, right? Uh, this conversation is with uh, Morgan Harper Nichols, who we've had before, back on episode ninety, I believe it was. So, if you want mm-hmm. to hear more about uh, some different topics from her, you can you can jump back to that one. But in this one, we talk about practicing peace, particularly uh, kind of centered around her new book, "Peace Is a Practice: An Invitation to Breathe Deep and Find a New Rhythm for Life." Um, all right. Well, we will get out of the way and let y'all hear our conversation with Morgan Harper Nichols. All right. Enjoy y'all. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Morgan Harper Nichols joining us. She is a returning guest of ours um, and we'll actually link back to episode 90 for those who may not have had a chance to have heard her earlier in one of our previous episodes. But for those of you who are new to Morgan's work, she is an artist and a poet whose work is inspired by real life interactions and stories. Uh, Morgan spent the first couple of years of her professional life as a college admission counselor and then as a full-time touring singer, songwriter, and musician. It was on the road that she cultivated her curiosity and passion for writing, art, and design and slowly began to share her work online. In 2017, Morgan started a project where she invites people to submit their stories to her website, and from there, she creates art as a response to their stories and sends it to them uh, before sharing the work publicly. All stories and names are kept private, and the fruit of this project is shared daily around social media and publications and various creative collaborations um, and installations. Morgan's work has been featured in collaboration in in, in various places, such as Target, Starbucks, Anthropology, and many, many more. Uh, She is the author of Storyteller, 100 Poem Letters, as well as All Long You Were Blooming, Thoughts for Boundless Living. And today we're going to talk about her most recent book, uh, which is called Peace is a Practice, an Invitation to Breathe Deep and Find a New Rhythm for Life. Morgan, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Uh, we are so, so oh, honored and grateful wow. for your presence and willingness oh, to be oh. with us. Well, thank you for having me again. I'm I'm so honored. I I really am. I really am. I, I really I remember our last conversation and I was mm. looking forward to this. So yeah, so honored to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah well the feeling. It's yeah. absolutely mutual, and um, you are always welcome on our show, and we are always ready to celebrate any new work that you have coming out, mm, so it's so good you. to have you here. Um, yeah. Is there, I know I there's a, a couple of things, I know you also are originally from Atlanta, uh, yeah. which we were just touching base on before, and yeah. that you uh, and your husband Patrick, you also have sweet Jacob. Um, yes. Are there any other layers or things in your bio that you want to share with us? Oh, you know, I think that that covered it all. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm sure not literally <laughs> at all, but I mean, there's a lot of a lot of my story there. I think the only thing is uh, my autism diagnosis, which I received mm. just over a year ago. That that yeah. has been a huge, huge. Uh, you know, I hesitate to say new chapter in my life because it's not new. I, I was just aware mm-hmm. of it, so <laughs> a chapter of my yeah. life that I'm now aware of. That's a, yeah. a pretty big chapter, and and it really has affected the way that I see myself, I see the world, and and yeah, it's it's been a very, yeah, very big part of my story that I've I'm still trying to find the language for, and and I and I always try to talk about it at least a little bit because for mm. 
to be diagnosed yeah. as an adult, as a woman, as a black woman, it is very hard to find a lot of information out there uh, just mm -hmm. demographically for people yeah. with the same story. So I always just like to just put it out there <laughs> in case anyone yeah. out there is like, whoa, I, I've never heard that story. Maybe this connects to me in some way. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I'm really glad that you are bringing this up right early in the conversation um, because I do, that's that's actually one of the first questions that we have is, is tied to your your vulnerability, your honesty, your willingness to to begin this book by disclosing that you've mm -hmm. lived with undiagnosed autism for most of your life and your transparency. So actually, I mean, if you feel comfortable, I'd love to yeah. hear a little bit more about not only the backstory behind this book, but also the backstory behind receiving this diagnosis of autism. Yeah. So I, it's interesting how everything kind of ends up coinciding. It wasn't, it wasn't even intentional, but when I had the opportunity to write this book, I just, it just so happened to be during this time of, you know, the past few years and the pandemic mm -hmm. and everything. And I'm spending a lot of time at home and I ended up, it was during that time that I was, you know, screen time was just through the roof. Like so many, so mm -hmm. many people I'm just always <laughs> on my phone. And yeah. I remember just scrolling through TikTok and it was through TikTok actually that I discovered stories of adults, a lot of them women who had been diagnosed with autism as adults. And just talking mm. about how that looks different than someone who was diagnosed as a young child, how that looks different for, for women, for people of color. And it just really opened my eyes because it, it was just it felt so relatable. And it was during that mm. time where mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just kind of at home and, and I just started Googling. And thankfully, I was able to find a specialist. And at the same time, I just so happened to be writing this book. And at first, I didn't mm -hmm. want to write about it because mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really feel like I'm qualified to do so. I'm like, there's there's people mm -hmm. who have so much more, you know, just just clinical knowledge than me and, and just a lot more expertise in speaking about this. And even though it was my own lived experiences, I still didn't feel qualified mm -hmm. to talk about it. However, mm. as I started to really reflect and obviously with my, my specialists as well, like just going through my whole life, I started to see that, wow, even though I didn't know that I was autistic and even though I didn't have that information all throughout my life, I was learning how to do the things that I've been talking about in my work. And that is mm. learning how to take deep breaths often, probably more deep breaths than you feel like you need, learning how to seek peace in daily life in the small things. And I was noticing as I look back, I was like, wow, because literally my nervous system, and I also have a sensory processing disorder, because of mm. those things, just the, the a regular everyday activity takes so much from me. I have to, I mean, to even just listen, like if I, if I try to just order something in a drive through trying to understand that person speaking to me without closed captioning, it feels like mm. it, it is like advanced level activity. <laughs> it's like, for mm. me, that moment is like the equivalent 
of trying to hear someone in a room where, you know, a hundred third graders are shouting. Like those experiences are the same for me. Like it takes Mm -hmm. the same level of attentiveness to be able to work through both of those situations. Not that I've been in a room of a hundred third graders screaming recently. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) I I remember this one moment, I like years ago, for some reason I was at my little cousin's elementary school. I was like in high school and I think we were picking him up or something and just the sheer volume of the lunchroom. I was just like, wow, these little voices, Mm -hmm. they are, they're still ringing in my (laughs) head today. So I kind (laughs) of use that, I kind of use that as a gauge. I was like, that was probably the loudest I've ever heard people talk, you know, in the group in my life. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's every day these just on a sensory level alone, like not even like an emotional level, just a sensory level, I am having to take in so much. So, you know, when I'm writing about inhaling and exhaling and finding peace in daily life, like it's very literal for me. And that was a realization that really gave me the the kind of the permission and freedom to even write about it in the book and to even share this with people. Because I was like, you know what? I haven't figured out how to find peace every second of my life. But it is something that I have been practicing seeking in my daily life because I've had to. And I didn't even know why I had to. Now I know. So I just wanted to to really pin that down and and share that with other people Mm. in case it was helpful to anyone else, whether, you know, whether they are on the spectrum or not. Yeah. That's so good. Well, I want I want to especially not only acknowledge and communicate my appreciation for the ways in which you just explained, you know, this 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 season and and the recognition and becoming aware of this diagnosis and um, and what this has meant to you, but but the way that you articulated, you know, how some of the some of the most um, the things that many of us may take for granted of going and navigating through a day, mm-hmm. um, just what that experiences like for you. And so I even am sensitive to it and imagine that, you know, hopping on a podcast in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. you know, it just takes that additional layer of uh, weight and energy and attention and emotion. And so I, I really want to mm. own that and acknowledge it and communicate my appreciation even yeah. more so for your willingness mm. to be here with us. Oh, uh, well, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have so much of what you're saying. It, it reminds me of a conversation we had with um, Daniel Bowman Jr. earlier on where he, he talked about a little bit about his journey with, uh, you know, with his autism diagnosis. And and so I'm mm-hmm. I'm very sensitive to much of this from that conversation and, and others. And so just I really yeah. appreciate you being here, Morgan. Thank you. Oh, well, I I am appreciative of that as well. It's, you know, even you just reflecting that back to me just means a lot because it's, it's, you know, and and I think I've, I've definitely grown in this area, but, you know, I try to imagine myself trying to explain this when I was like 19 or when I, when I was younger Mm. and I felt like more insecure and not really like I could own my voice or tell people what I was going through. I'm like, it's hard to feel like you're allowed to say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I struggle Mm. with. This is what daily life Mm -hmm. is like for me. And there's so many reasons. Like one, you may feel like people may try to say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. You know, people deal with far worse or, 
you know, you oh, may, you may gosh. yourself feel like, oh, well, other people are struggling with way more than what I'm struggling with. So why do, you know, why am I, why would I be allowed to speak up about that? So yeah, I just, mm. I appreciate you for, for even just reflecting that back because I, I think that ultimately like that's what it takes, you know, that it's one thing to share, <laughs> to share and say, mm-hmm. here's my experience, mm-hmm. but it's another yeah. thing for someone else to say, oh, I see you. I hear you. Thanks for, for saying that. Like now I'm more aware that, yeah, that makes a huge difference. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Thank you. So you started talking about it some there in terms of how important and valuable seeking out peace and learning how to find even just those moments of peace is for you and has been for you, right? Can you talk mm-hmm. about why seeing peace as a practice is so important, right? Like why, like this book, mm-hmm. kind of the backstory there. Um, I like you even said, like, I didn't really want to write about this in that book and all the, all of this mm-hmm. unfolding at the same time as COVID and all of that, right? Um, can you tell us some of that backstory? Yes. So I, 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 it was actually, um, my, my wonderful editor who, (laughs) who pointed out to me, it's like, you write about peace a lot in your work. What is that about? (laughs) So Mm. I had to really unpack that and say, Oh, what is that about? Like, I really need to, to dig into that. And, and why am I writing about something that I haven't fully grasped in my life? <laughs> and I thought about some of my, my early, my early connections with the word peace. And it started in childhood um, with a very famous song that a lot of people know, which is the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And in the, mm-hmm. in the song, the first line of the song says, when peace like a river attendeth my way. And me being the, well, I didn't know I was autistic then, but being the artistic, autistic child that I was, Mm -hmm. I just associated peace with a river as a kid. I was like, oh, peace is like a river, like like the guy said in the song. Um, What does that mean? And for me, I just associated peace with with a place that I could seek out and go to. But also the older that I've gotten, the more I realized is that it's not just about getting to that river, but it's also the journey there. It's also the whole experience of of traveling through the wilderness to get to that river and finding peace along the way. And I was like, that's more like a practice. That is more like something that you can spend a lifetime learning how to do. And that's what I want to see peace as, something that I am constantly practicing and coming back to over and over again as I travel through the wilderness of life, seeking out that river. And that is how I hope to encounter peace. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that is absolutely communicated in the work that you offer us in so many different ways. But I love mm. I loved when you wrote about that that analogy of peace being like a river and and the quoting the song and the way that you even just now are reminding us like that this is through the wilderness that we are mm-hmm. navigating this and trying to find it in the moments that we're able to I mean it's it's good it's it's really really good and mm-hmm. it's it resonates with uh, my experience too and journey. So I'm, I'm trying to, I have some tears just from listening mm. to you speak that I'm holding space for. 
And I want to build a little bit more, if that's okay, just on this idea of peace being a practice. So you do, you know, obviously you you start off the book talking about peace being a practice and you articulated it so beautifully um, just now. And then you move into clarifying not only about how peace is a practice, but that um, how practice is a cycle. Can you talk a little Mm. bit about the practice cycle and what this means? Yes, yes. So going kind of going back to nature again, one thing that I've just recognized that many people have recognized is that there are no real destinations in nature. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you think about the four seasons, you don't just say, okay, season number one, season number two, season number three, (laughs) season number four. Okay, we're good. Mm -hmm. Um, No, you're going to start back over (laughs) and you Mm -hmm. keep cycling through those seasons. And even, you know, it's, it's even interesting if you've ever been somewhere where you've um where you've you've been on like a hiking trail i've done that like twice in my life i'm not i'm not a hiker (laughs) that's not that's not really my forte um maybe three times um Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i don't do that normally but Mm -hmm. when i have been on hikes and you reach that peak if you ever observe other people it's this moment that you kind of realize oh now we've got to do the whole experience of going back Mm -hmm. like even when you Mm -hmm. even when you do reach that hilltop it's not like there's like an elevator up there that's just gonna take you down to the bottom (laughs) of the mountain and the experience is over like i remember one time of like it was the one hike that i just really enjoyed i mean it was very low like elevation it was very you know i don't know they they have like categories (laughs) Mm -hmm. for hikes i forget the numbers but (laughs) it would have been like the one like you you hikers know what I'm talking about. You'll have like, like a whole system. Like the bunny system. trail? Like the bunny yeah. trail of hikes. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's, I, it was an easy one. And we went, it was a friend of mine. She and I hiked. It was back in college. We hiked at sunset. And then we, once we got out there, we're like, crap, now we got to go back down. And it's dark. Like, <laughs> and it's like, there's no, there's no lights. You know, there's no Uber to take you back down the mountain. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting. When you look at nature, it's like, wow, even the places that we associate associate with the hilltop, the mountaintop, like that's not even the end. You have to create a full cycle of that experience to complete the experience. And I just started to observe that from, you know, exterior all the way to what happens in the body. And when you think about Mm. our breath cycle, we don't just inhale, exhale, then it's over. We complete that cycle thousands and thousands of times in a day, just over and over and over again. I'm Mm. like, wow, there's a lot of Mm. over and over and over in our life. And yet we live in a world that makes it seem like, no, it's point A, point A, point B, point C, then you're done. You know, you finish college, then Mm. you're finished with that part of your life. No, you start a new chapter. When in reality, we're cycling through experiences that lead us into the unknown, experiences where we're more comfortable, and then we cycle back into the unknown. And it's just a cycle over and over and over again. And I think that can be very overwhelming at times to think about it like, wow, am I really just going to keep repeating the same old stuff over and over and over in life? And the short answer is yes, but at the same time, you also get to cycle back into joy over and over. You get to cycle back into peace, back into acceptance and, and feeling feeling at home. So that's something that I just really wanted to, to create space for when I was writing about. And, and I even, because I'm an artist, visual artist, I 
I tried to illustrate as many circles in the book as I as I could. Mm-hmm, so on the cover mm-hmm. and inside the book, there's some other art because I really wanted to literally illustrate how peace is something that we have to cycle through like so many other experiences in our life. And there is there is grace to cycle through that. It's not always going to be easy. It might feel repetitive at times, but there's grace for that. And there's also beauty in that as well. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yeah, I, I I will absolutely elevate the art and the beauty within this book and the creativity, not only that you weave in through your writing, but through the the art and the brushstrokes and, you know, even the brushstrokes behind the page numbers. And I mean, there's oh, so, so many. You noticed that. Of course. <laughs> yes. There's so many. <laughs> You're I the first it. person there's... who's pointed that out to me. Thank you. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, well, I'm like, I... Yes, I put that there. <laughs> Yes, you did. And they are different on each page. So it's they're just beautiful. I mean, they're mm. they're beautiful. The the detail, the art, it's gorgeous. I wanted to, you know, one thing that you had noted about, you know, just how I like just the way that you unpacked around how the practice is a cycle and that, you know, and that as we navigate life, it, you're you're right. It's not point A to B and the B to C and then, you know, check, 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 we're done. I mean, I transparently, I was actually in um, a therapy session last week with, with my therapist and I had brought a poem that I had written when I was 17 years old mm-hmm. and I was wow. reading it to him and, and there was this like, there's a tenderness to it, but there also was this deep discussion around how some of the things that I still was struggling with at 17, like I'm still, you know, 20 years later trying to figure out Mm. or navigate Mm. or make sense of, or, you know, and that's part of it. It it ties in with that, like very tangible, like these cycles that we go Mm -hmm. through that are invitations maybe for us to, yeah. 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 I can totally relate to that. I, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, quite a few of my journals from, I started keeping a diary at eight years old and I've pretty consistently have kept mm. one since then. And wow. I have, I have some from as far back as then till now. And it's fascinating that, you know, like beneath all of like the, the cringiness of like all the, yes, all yes. the little <laughs> mundane things yes, that I, yes, like y'all, yes. I, I did this thing with my diaries <laughs> where I felt like I had to introduce myself in every single diary. So I would do like a whole, like, like a whole like family record for like the first 20 pages of like explaining all my family members. So beyond (laughs) I have no idea why. I'm sure, yeah, I probably should talk to a therapist, but there's something there. uh, There's something Mm. there I haven't unpacked yet, but (laughs) beyond that. I love it. Beyond that, it's like, wow, I can even, beyond all that other stuff, I can even see how, in the way that I would write about certain things, like the people I felt safe around and the people I didn't feel safe around or comfortable with, or I could see how I would get really, really passionate about something. And then I would Mm. be totally bored and didn't want to do something else. I'm like, wow, even, even then I I can see how I still cycle through those same experiences today. Mm. And it's like, you know, the names have changed and (laughs) the subjects have changed but mm-hmm. the the heart of it, the the person is still there, and and yeah, I just find find that to be 
yeah, it's kind of comforting in a way. I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, I, mm-hmm. as, as much as I tend to feel at times like, wow, am I really equipped for this? Like, I don't know how to handle this. Um, like I'm, I'm the per- person who loves to just try to find as many books as I can to read up on things. And it's like, you can't even do that for these past few years. It's like, there's no mm. like <laughs> parenting, yeah. a toddler, yeah. there's no parenting a toddler in the pandemic right. section of the bookstore. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's, right. <laughs> it's yep. not yep. there. So yeah. it's, it's like, wow, it's comforting to look back and say, yes, this is new. But at the same time, like you've, you've been cycling through unknowns before. This isn't your first time you've known unknowns and you've been learning how to breathe mm. through it through every one of those cycles. Oh gosh, yeah. that's so good. And I, I love that idea. Even just the the word practice. I mean, that resonates with me because my uh, my previous lifetime was I have a music degree and and spent a lot of time practicing and obviously like music stuff, right? And the idea mm-hmm. that there are that I think that's hopeful for me and relieves some pressure in terms of it's okay that I'm in progress and I will hopefully like progressively get better at some things and that doesn't mean it's linear right because different context change Mm -hmm. and you know whatever right like okay now you're playing over here now you're playing over here and everything's totally different and so what worked before doesn't but hopefully it kind of builds and then you can do harder and harder things right and so the idea Mm -hmm. of that practice being cyclical and showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up even when it's hard like I think that Mm -hmm. that that's helpful for me at least in terms of Relieving some of the pressure that like, oh, poof, you've arrived and then you should like, Mm -hmm. I should be able to do this now Mm -hmm. forever, right? But then also like, okay, cool. The whole thing is just to like keep showing up and keep practicing and keep, you know, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just, well, I should have arrived. So now I feel bad about myself, you know? Mm, Yes, that's such a, wow, that's such a, a valuable observation. Yeah, it's, and even just what you shared makes me think about how I'm like, yeah, the concept of of arriving somewhere is really, it's like, that's really wild how how much we end up kind of latching on to that idea of like arriving because mm-hmm. there's always, it's like, there's mm. always something else. It's like, there's not really, it, I don't, I, I don't know. It's mm. like, it's, it's hard to even find words for it because I feel like yeah. it's, so baked into our culture of like of where are you going next and what are you doing mm. and how does it connect to this next thing and the yeah it's like and one thing i am grateful for is i do feel like i'm i'm meeting more and more people even just like you just shared robert who are just kind of allowing more room for yeah there's just some liminal space here you know i'm just like Hmm. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what's next or I'm just going to mm-hmm. take some time to figure it out. And those are literal yeah. phrases that I, the symbol as they are, I've been just repeating them to myself so I can even practice speaking that way because it's so easy to just, to just default to, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm doing that. And here's my plan. And it's like, I don't yeah. always have one yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hmm. good. Yeah. So throughout this book, right, you outline a number of practices or layers of the human experience and how peace can show up in our daily lives. Uh, there's a whole list of them, so I won't I won't read all of that. But are there, you know, maybe one or two that you uh, really like that you uh, want to share and unpack a little bit? Or maybe Holly, you can pick some. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah, you can go first, Morgan. Mm-hmm. You can pick. Yes, my so I do. I, it's my favorite because it's the one I almost didn't put in there because. 
I was like, this might just be like a weird Morgan thing. <laughs> I was like, maybe, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, maybe other people, it feels very specific. However, I've already started to hear back from people who have incorporated this in, and they're, and they've tried it and they said that it does work for them. So I write about this experience that I had once when I was reading a nonfiction book. And if you know, in the back of a nonfiction book, you're going to see the bibliography. And the bibliography is where, you know, it's all the annotations of all the different sources that the author cited throughout the book. And I was looking through this one particular bibliography and I was like, it's so interesting how this author is referencing other authors who who I've seen reference each other. And I Mm. thought, I was like, they're kind of like a community of people all talking about this Mm. thing. And I remember Mm. thinking, I'm like, wow, that's like a community. And I was like, isn't it interesting how I, someone who often struggles with finding community, keeping community, like feeling like I have like a group of friends, a group of people, that, you know, I can talk to, or, you know, I can't even, I'm like, what do, you know, what do friends even do? I'm like, clearly I'm, mm. I sound like I'm really struggling with that. I do have a few no. friends, but like anyone listening is like, wow, she has like no friends. She doesn't even know what no, friends no. do. <laughs> um, it's like, Morgan, are it's you so Earth? different when are you're you an adult from right? another planet. Yeah. yeah it's, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what I think every, I think again? everybody is oh. struggling with friends right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, they go ahead and trips right um anyway Mm -hmm. so just this concept of like what is community and that and like like y'all just said like over the past few years community has changed for everybody in some way or another you know some bigger Mm -hmm. than others but in some way we have all been impacted by that so there's a lot of grief and uncertainty and questions there and what this bibliography showed me was it's like you know what when i'm in this liminal space or I'm in this space where I don't really know like what physical community looks like or you know I don't really feel like I have like my place on the map or you know the specific place that I have even when I'm asking those questions I am still a part of a community of people that have touched my life and impacted my life along the way. And Mm. I started to think about this moment I had when I was a freshman in college, I was struggling to make friends and I commented on, um, and complimented this girl's t-shirt that she had on. And it was just like one of those like freshman orientation things. And she was like, Oh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's actually my favorite band. And then we talked for like three minutes and then later that day, she came by my room with a mixtape CD that she had made with that band and some other artists. And she was like, I thought you might like this. Here is, here's oh, that band and wow. some of the other artists. And I just felt so seen in that moment. Mm, and yeah. I listened oh, to that CD backwards and yeah. forwards, ended up finding one of my favorite artists, Sufjan Stevens, from that CD. Mm. And I never saw her again. I think she transferred the next semester. Oh, I wow. think I, I've even like tried to find her like, on Facebook. Yeah. I thought I remember what her name was, but I was like, no, I don't think that's what that was. <laughs> um, and I mm. never found her again, but she is a part of my community. She's a part of my own personal bibliography because from that experience, I found an artist who 
really spoke to me. And from that artist, that ended up inspiring me in all these other ways that led to where I'm at today. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I only talked to her for a total of like three and a half minutes. And she's a part of my community. She's a part of who I am and how I got here. So what I started doing is I keep this journal and I call it a personal bibliography. And I just write down things like that as I remember them. Different experiences that I've had, whether it was three and a half minutes or someone who shared something with me 10 years ago or something I heard on a podcast, something I read in a book, whether I met that person in person or not, or if we mm-hmm. never met and I just read mm-hmm. it, it's like all of these people are part of my bibliography. We are all a part of something larger together. And that to me is also community. And that just gives me a lot of peace, just knowing that I am not alone, yeah. even when it feels that way. So I have something I just love to share with people, just this idea of like creating your own record, just a, a record of, ex, of, of experiences that you've had, of a paper trail of wisdom that you can just keep with you and, and pull it off the shelf every once in a while and just reflect on all the different connections that you've been making along the way, because it's so easy to forget and in our very busy, rushed, sometimes mm-hmm. overconnected yeah. world yes. that, yeah. oh, wow, we actually do have meaningful connections that are out there. We're not alone. We're not the only ones. We're not separate from everybody. So yeah, that's just a, a practice I like to share yeah. with people, personal bibliography. Yeah. Oh, Gosh, I love, I love that. that. Even even in thinking about what we were just talking about, about the idea of like arriving as kind of this this false, you know, expectation, I think a lot of mm. people and even myself, I think, man, everybody has, you know, you're supposed to have, you know, your best friends from middle school that you grow up with and you all live in mm-hmm. the same neighborhood, right? Like, mm-hmm. because that's maybe what's depicted on, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know anybody that that's the case. And so that's okay. Like you can, things change and like those connections along the way do still matter. It's not, you know, oh, well, I don't have, you know, Mm -hmm. they all count. They all factor into who you are now. Like, I I don't know. I just, I love that, Mm -hmm. that idea as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I love the intentionality around like creating the bibliography that you were just talking about and actually holding space for and naming and writing down to really Mm -hmm. like really honor and recognize the impact that that person had. Again, as you mentioned, whether it was three minutes, which I love that story, Morgan, like I, cause I know that we've all had folks in our lives who've impacted us in significant ways. And like, and then, but they were like strangers one moment and then they significantly impacted us. And then they're, mm-hmm. you know, we have no connection to them thereafter, but it changes the the trajectory of of our lives oftentimes. But I think that the practice of naming them and writing it down and actually honoring their presence is beautiful. I really, really love that. That's Mm. really good. Well, I do wish we could go into like all of these. Um, (laughs) And I guess they're, they're all so beautiful and good and, and things that we need and we need to be reminded of and pay attention to. I, if I could ask you to, talk a little bit about one selfishly i'm going to ask if you would yeah. talk a little bit about hope because mm. well i don't need to yeah. i mean well i'll say hope hope is my has been like my one word prayer for this year and so mm. anytime i see it cross my path i'm curious so yes i'd love to hear you share with our listeners about hope yes yes absolutely so 
Yeah, spoiler alert. I end the book on hope. <laughs> but don't worry, it's not As a plot for anyone listening. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I end on hope because, you know, in 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 just staying true with with what this particular book is about and what I was writing about, you know, peace is a practice. So there are going to be times where peace feels far away or it seems like it's not possible on a global scale or a national scale or even just a a local scale. And that's a very real question, worry, doubt that many of us fear, that many of us sit with. So just in my own life and and also just looking back historically at, at what people have leaned into to to be able to push through those times where where peace seemed impossible. I mean, it was it was less than a hundred years ago. I mean, just not that many decades mm-hmm. ago, where mm-hmm. people who who looked like me were not even allowed to vote, were not mm-hmm. even allowed to just do basic things like own a piece of land, just basic things that you know we would that many people might take for granted just not even able to do the most basic things and and there's still you know so many things that we're still fighting for today yeah yeah so you know when you think about that and you look back and say well how did you know my ancestors push through and how did Mm -hmm. they continue to to seek out peace and and justice where it seemed impossible when they're up these ma- up against these massive systems that are actively oppressing them and when you look back you mm-hmm. see a lot of hope you see a lot of hope you see active hope hope that was that was willing to protest that was willing to stand up and speak out loud no matter what the cost was. And that is a practice of peace because Mm. if we want to practice peace, we have to do it collectively. And it's not just something like, okay, I've got my peace. Now I'm good. Mm. No, Mm because the second I'm good, somebody in my life is dealing with something else. The second (laughs) it seems that one part of the world is kind of calm. There's something else stirring you know, a, a few thousand miles away or a few hundred miles mm-hmm. away. And it's it's just something that it's hard and it can make us feel so hopeless. And at the same time, we can look back and we can see that the progress that we have made, the peace that we have found came from people being active with their hope, actively seeking out how can I look out for others? How can I speak up how can i get involved and that's just something i wanted to 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 really just write about to the best of my my ability and and i wrote it and i and i love i love my images you know i'm an artist mm-hmm. um and i love my images and one of the images that i that i had when i was thinking about all this and thinking about the word was this image of being on a mountain, a particular mountain, and that is uh, Stone Mountain, where I grew up. I grew up in Stone Mountain in Lithonia, Georgia. 
And Stone Mountain <laughs> is a historical mountain for all the wrong reasons, um, because it was actually, oh. yeah, <laughs> it was actually um, it, when the Ku Klux Klan decided to like rebirth itself at the turn of the century, Stone Mountain was kind of like their spot. So, you know, when you even oh, think gosh. about like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and him speaking about from the top of Stone Mountain, it's like that's significant because that mm. mountain, that whole area was a place of, you know, that was associated with the, with a th- with a white supremacy that was seeking to thrive more and more. So I had this image of standing on that mountain as a little kid because I mean, I grew up there. And my dad was actually the first black pastor to uh, preach at this uh, Easter sunrise service that they that they have up there. Oh wow! And you know, I was a little kid. I was like six, seven, maybe. And you know, I, I don't remember all of the sermon, but <laughs> I remember what it was called, and it was called "To Be Continued." And that oh. image of my father up there preaching about "To Be Continued." at sunrise on that weekend, to me, that is an image of active hope. Mm -hmm. And I just remember looking out and seeing all of the different people who were up there at that time and just thinking, I'm like, yes, this is just one moment of time. No, this moment in time is not going to solve everything, but it's going to take millions and millions and millions of moments like this so that we can Mm -hmm. collectively pursue peace together so i i always just hold that image very dear and i and i share those images because i think that i'm not the only person that has images like that in their story mm-hmm. like there's somewhere mm-hmm. in your story where you can look back and you saw people who don't normally talk to each other talking you saw people who normally don't get along or or normally you know it, it just or something happening in your community even if it was just a small subtle forward movement. I, I think that we have to bring those moments forward and, and talk about them more so that we can create more of those experiences. Gosh. I, oh, I love it. And I love hearing, I, I you know, I'm looking at the, the image that you have for the hope chapter. And as you're talking mm. and seeing the image of the sun, and I, I wish that we at some point, I want to hear like for all of. I mean, just the images are beautiful, but Thank the way that you. you just yes, yes. But I just really appreciate how you talked about that and about hope as being active mm-hmm. in the way that you you know this isn't a passive or a bypassing strategy or no, this is an active, gritty, engaged um, practice to hope mm-hmm. and. So the way that you, yeah, I just am really grateful. Mm, yeah. Thank you. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I know one of the the things that you offer us regularly, I mean, every day, um, are these beautiful words that, that you share in social media spaces, especially um, you've written books about poetry and you offer it regularly. And I know before we started talking, I um, had asked you if you could be willing to share with us um, a, a poem that, you know, is speaking to you these days or that you feel nudged to share with us. And hmm. so if you're okay yeah. with that, I'd love to to hear that. Yes, of course. This is 
the most recent thing I've written and there's nothing particularly no, no particular story or anything associated with a lot of what I've read, what I've written, what I've written. Sometimes there's like a very specific thing that it was about, but it was just something that came to me one morning. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll send, you know, I can, I can give you all the link if y'all want to share the artwork that goes with yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. Cause I started painting it and then the words just oh, came gosh. and I, I just love when that happens. That does not happen all the time. <laughs> so it was just something I was like, you know, let me just take this quiet moment and just, and just try to bring these words to the page. And yes. Yeah, so the poem is called witness with every petal that takes shape, every stem that grows in strength as it bravely stretches to the sky, you are slowly discovering the full color depth and beauty of the garden of your life. Yes, there have been long months of waiting. Yes, there have been early mornings spent pulling up the weeds of unexpected struggle. And there has even been childlike hope for plants to grow that never ended up growing. But there has also been the soil beneath your feet, rain that falls from the sky, flowers that grew suddenly and vibrantly, flowers you were not even expecting. And here you are, after everything, learning to take it in. For the soil is still alive beneath your feet, and there is still room to witness the growth of beautiful things. Mm. Oh, my cheeks are wet, my friend. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I think those are just my my kind of my reflections for for the season, spring. You know, I wrote that in spring and mm. just how you know, like many years, but this year I feel like just a heaviness even more around spring and just the juxtaposition of that of like, oh, it's a time of blooming in life, but at the same time there's real yeah. grief and uncertainty all yeah. at once. And just trying to figure out what all that means <laughs> will take a lifetime, of course, but I just really wanted to write about how amidst all of that, there is still this room to witness the growth of, of beautiful things. Gosh. Mm. That's I so love good. that so much. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, and we'll mm -hmm. ha happily put it in the, the show notes, the artwork yeah. so folks can, can find it too. Yeah. Mm, thank you. So we asked you this last time, right, about what your hope is for the work that you do. But I do want to ask it again because so I, I went back and looked and we released your last episode January of 2020. So we probably recorded that, mm -hmm. you know, November, December 2019, obviously 16 lifetimes ago, right? With COVID <laughs> and yeah. children and diagnoses and I mean, just everything mm -hmm. happening from then to now. So I'm mm -hmm. curious if I asked now and I didn't go back and listen or anything, but what what would you say your hope is for all your work, including this book now? Hmm. You know, I have no idea what I said back then either. <laughs> um, but I, I do. I'll go look after that, this. Uh, yeah, I'm so curious. Uh, but I I do think that I, you know, so I, I kind of have broadly said for a while, like you know, if if if, if my work 
inspires anyone to just, you know, go get a breath of fresh air today or make their own art. I, you know, that to me, I feel like it's fulfilled its purpose. But I would say even, even more specific than that is that I just hope that what I create can show someone that whatever they, that I hope it can, can create space and inspiration for you to do something small that is also significant. Because I think that a lot of times Mm. when we encounter things that inspire us or motivate us in some way, like sometimes there's like, okay, now how to go take on the world. And it's like, Mm. or if it just made you think a positive thought for a millisecond to know that that is a miracle all on its own. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I get emotional just thinking about that because I, I think there is just growing pressure around needing to make our lives feel like we're doing something and that like every moment has purpose. And it's like, or if you were just reading this and you just happen to just not even take the biggest deep breath, but you just happen to breathe at all or just smile to yourself or just say, oh, I like this yellow. Like that is taking time for yourself. That is delighting and finding Mm. gratitude in life. So even if it's just the smallest thing, I think that that's my hope right now um, to really try to to highlight that and bring that more into the forefront. Oh, gosh, that's so beautiful. Morgan, we're so, so, so grateful for your presence and your willingness to join us today um, and to our listeners. Uh, I would imagine that many of them are already Mm. very familiar with you and your work, but for (laughs) any of those who are not, you can connect with Morgan at morganharpernichols.com. She's on Twitter at Morgan H. Nichols or on Instagram and Facebook at morganharpernichols. Um, If you want to connect with Robert, you can find him at robert-4.com or on any social media at Robert4. If you want to connect with me, you can find me at hollyoxhandler.com or on any social media at hollyoxhandler. Y'all can go pick up this amazing book, Peace Hmm. is a Practice, an invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm for life uh, wherever you buy your books. And Morgan, again, I I just want to thank you again for joining us and also just see if you have any closing thoughts for our listeners that you'd like to share. Mm, Well, thank you again for having me. I was looking forward to this and, and yes, this is just a wonderful, yeah, it's a wonderful moment during today. So (laughs) I'm so grateful Mm. for you all and creating the space. And yeah, I don't know if I have anything I'd like to add other than just thank you to everyone out there for, for being here with us as well. Thanks for listening to the CXMH podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH Podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMH Podcast at gmail.com.